I was hesitant even to record an intro this time because the episode itself serves as its own unit. does not need anything else, but I will give you some uh, heads up on how it breaks down. Before one minute, I talk about Jesus and Superman. That's a consistent theme. Somewhere around seven minutes, I start talking about Oompa Loompas and the Lollipop Guild. Then at 17 minutes, that's 17 minutes, I make what I feel is one of the most profound parallels and analogies I've made on this show so far. And I don't want to tease you. I don't want to make you wait. So hold my hand. Let's walk together down the psychopath into the realm of my show, Psychotherapy with Dr. Jet Dunlap. Thanks for listening. You think if Jesus had a podcast, he would be bummed out if he didn't get 12 people to listen? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, he had 12. I have 12 people probably listening. So I'm not trying to compare myself to JC. Sorry, cut out for a second there because uh, I told the audience to hush. And they listen to me. They're at rapt attention because that is the kind of impact I have. He had 12. It's all I needed. And I have probably 12. The guy was a bad chair maker. I'm a bad chair maker. Again, I'm not saying, I mean, obviously, I'm no savior. <laughs> That's just what a savior would say. I'm not Superman. I'm not Superman and I'm not a savior. If you take nothing away from this episode, 53 seconds in, that's what I need you to know. You come over to me and you're like, Jet, save that baby from that burning building. I'll say, first off, what am I doing in town? Why is the building burning? And who left the baby? And no one's going to tell me, because I'm not Superman. Number two, I'm not Jesus. You can tell. My name is Jet Dunlap. Jesus' name was Jesus. So, I'm not him. But what we do have in common is that I'm very bad at making chairs. I can't sell my crafted table. And uh, we both had 12 followers. I have exactly 10 likes of my transformation from drunk to clunk. I don't know, from drunk to, from, what is it, what would they say? What would the kids say? From weasel to treasel? Yeah, from weasel to treasel. Weasel, I changed it again, okay? So from whatever. From nobody to jumbo. <laughs> Jesus. No, not you, okay. So I'm not Jesus, I'm not Superman. I might be Batman, but Batman was, like if Batman was super poor, right? Like you really couldn't count on him because this Batman don't have no Batmobile, and I certainly don't have an Alfred. So if you are getting hurt and you need my help, you're just going to have to wait till I take my car cover off, open the gate to our property, and then I get there at the speed limit because I can't afford a ticket. I could afford a ticket. That's a lie. I've got that kind of money. I could afford a ticket, but I don't want to get a ticket on the way to saving your baby from a burning skyscraper, which, again, if you're leaving your house because it's on fire, take the baby. Then there's no need for a Superman, a Batman, or a Jesus man. Yeah, Jesus was frustrated. He wasn't appreciated in his time. And it wasn't until he died that people liked him. Guy to die and then come back. You know how hard that is? It's very hard. You know how I know? Because only he and Superman have done it. And Superman hasn't even done it yet. But I can see that they're making that movie, so I know he will.
Jesus could probably fly, is my guess. He just didn't want to. He wasn't that kind of guy. Plus, he wore robes, and it would be inappropriate for a guy in robes to fly around. You'd look up and, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Hold on. That was a unintentional. <laughs> We're bad at furniture, both of us. And, uh, you know, we have very few followers. I cannot walk on water. And I'm not a big fan of fish. I don't think he liked fish either. So what I'm trying to do is prove to you that I'm not Jesus. That should be obvious. But we had to go down this road. I apologize for that waste of time. Here's the deal. I've been working bumblebee hard. Just like that sound. So hard. So hard. For so long. I'm in my office six to eight hours a day. And at the end of the day, I take my hat off, I hang it on the shelf, and I go home. The commute's easy because it's like 10 feet away. I'm not that good at feet. <laughs> I'm good at walking and running. You don't know what I mean. But it's, a, it's an easy commute. But I, I get off, I go home, and I made an honest living. I made no money. I made no money. But it was honest. It's a lot of honesty in not making any money. <laughs> I'm in no one's back pocket. No one's paying me to say something because I'm not getting paid. If I don't want anything and I get nothing, then I'll be okay. I want an Oompa Loompa now, Daddy. What was she going to do with that Oompa Loompa? Sick bastard. It's got to be some kind of perverted thing because what else is an Oompa Loompa going to do? I'll, I'll tell you what they do. They, you don't think they're in the Lollipop Guild? I bet you the Oompa Loompas were in the Lollipop Guild, which, what a great guild. Better than the uh, Screen Actors Guild because those guys actually got work. The Lollipop Guild was from the Wizard of Oz. Clearly, you know that. You know, interestingly enough, boom, ready for this? Here we go. Let's see, where is it? The Lollipop Guild... And the Oompa Loompas were both in the Screen Actors Guild. No, sorry. That's not going to get old. She wanted an Oompa Loompa now. I want an Oompa Loompa within the last 20 years. That's fine. I don't need an Oompa Loompa now. 20 years ago, me was like, I don't want one tomorrow. I mean, I want one tomorrow, but I don't, I don't need one tomorrow. I'll wait. But 20 years later, and no Oompa Loompa. No member of the Lollipop Guild. That's an obscure thing to try and make sense. And it's basically about wanting a thing and getting a thing. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Chris hates it when I sing, so I'm going to keep singing. La, 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 la. <laughs> I used to have Lilith Fair on a loop at Good Guys. It was a DVD because my boss, Ray who I now find out is like a crazy conservative. Nothing against conservatives in general, but he's a crazy conservative, like cuckoo nuts, Q, and like all that. Birds aren't real conservative, right? But he liked Lilith Fair at the time, and he played Lilith Fair all day long, which is funny because uh, there were a couple of lesbians in that, Ray. In case you didn't know, sorry to uh, burst your baboole. Does, does that feel like it's off topic slightly? that uh, 
a conservative who used to be my boss, liked Lilith Fair, and may have certain opinions about alternative lifestyles. And yet he was unaware of the fact that Lilith Fair basically was like a celebration of Lilith, who is a lesbian goddess thing. I'm not going to look that up, but it's something like that. I think. Don't, you know, don't quote me in the New Yorker. And go ahead and quote me in the New Yorker. Not like in the future, but like right now, because I could use that press. They say any press is good press. Just ask Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. (laughs) Sorry, hold on. But enough of guilds and serial molesters. There's a joke in there about serial, but I've gone to a dark place. I've done some movies recently. They were weighing heavy on my heart because I had a couple of projects I had to do, and I'm like, ugh, can I do this? I've played this game before, right? Let's say you're a person who went to school for something and then attempted to work in the field for a very long time, and then you had to go to school again. (laughs) Back to school, back to school, back to learn the golden rule. Little Adam Sandler for you. Anyway, enough Adam Sandler. My point is that I I went back to school, right? And I'm doing these things I used to do, and uh, the the tykes who are in my class, they've got the, the vigor. They've got the... Huspa, no, not huspa, hasba, the chutzpah to just go out, grab a camera, run and gun is what we used to call it, and shoot some stuff for the pure love. Do they care that it's COVID and that it's tough to get actors? Nah, man, they got youth on their side. Nothing can stop them. They're immortal, right? I have youth on my side if you're comparing me to someone who's old. But I'm like, yeah, I want to make these little films. Fine, I did it. And they were good. You know, I don't think they're good, but I think that they're okay. And I did it. That's it's important, right? Whoops, there goes another rubber tree plant. How'd that ant do it? How'd he do it? He kept, uh, you know, what is that? High hopes? He had high hopes? Was it the high hopes that moved the rubber tree plant off? I haven't talked about this in a long time, but it was a theme for like the first 40 episodes. Me trying to figure out what the ant's thing was and why we should care about him moving a rubber tree plant. But he did it. That ant, he moved that rubber tree plant and you could be just like that ant. You know? I gotta move a rubber tree plant. So I did my tasks, I write my papers, I go to my classes, even when they're three and a half hours long. Do you know how long that is? That's three and a half hours. I'm running for council. Chatsworth Neighborhood Council. And uh, there's a problem. I can't go door knocking like I did the first time I ran for council back in at nine it was. Because of COVID, you have to live in Chatsworth. By the time you hear this, it will be over. But you also, here's the thing, right? You would have to go to the website, request a ballot, send in a form that you fill out, and then take a photocopy or Xerox if you're a million years old, or take a picture with your phone and send them a picture of your photo ID. So you have to be willing to fill out all that information and your identification to the council to get a vote for me to work as a volunteer. It's not a good process. I'm going on the record there. 
Yeah, I put some stuff up on Facebook. I talked to some people. And I think I might have gotten a vote. But I can't ask people to photocopy their ID and send it to a Gmail account. What does he win if he uh, wins the election, uh, Rupert? Well, Jet wins an all-expenses, not-paid trip to volunteer work again. Wah, wah. I don't do it for me. If you go out there and you do good, good to the people, the people will be good to you. (laughs) Sometimes. So vote for me, Jet D. You can't, but, you know, hypothetically. Maybe one day I'll run for higher office so someone can find some text I wrote where I joked about something to make someone feel better and they can uh, accuse me of being Hitler. (laughs) I don't have any texts where I'm even close to being in the neighborhood of uh, any dictators alive or dead. But I... uh, I've been in the comedic world for a long time, and this show, 121 episodes of this show, you could uh, take some stuff out of context, and it would make me look like quite the fool. So if you're trying to do that, I've just given you a way to do that. Enjoy. Destroying Jet, his chances of being mayor, like Gold T. Wilson in uh, Back to the Future. That was a good movie. Let's just watch that movie. Let's stop listening to this trash. Let's go watch Back to the Future and we'll have a lark. So how you been? How's the family? You gotten the vaccine yet? Things are looking up. Right? You could say, well, we're still a long way. And you would be a jerk. You'd be a jerk. You'd be a pessimistic jerk. And so don't do that. It's like the people I know who are like, once Trump's out of office, it'll be all rainbows and lollipops. Lollipops keep falling on my head. That'd knock you out and then you'd be dead. That song was terrible. Worst part of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was me, 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 me. What a horrible song. Terrible choice. But those people who are like, once Trump is gone, blue skies. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm not talking about the actual state of the world. I'm saying that once he was gone, they found something else to complain about. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? The people who were pretending they were on the side of virtue, they just like complaining. It gets the people going. It gets a lot of likes, and likes are what it's all about. I take those little thumbs, those thumbs up, and I go over to my local banco, and that's bank in Spanish. Biblioteca? No, that's library. I can go to my library or my local banco, and uh, I say, hey, I've got five likes how much is that worth and they say sir put some pants on and leave and i say i'll do one of those things and i uh put some pants on but the point is is that that negativity was not because of a person it may have been on the right side of your beliefs but it's a pendulum right these people who are constantly negative they like that feeling and when things go right things are looking up with covid Well, there's another strange jet that's going to kill everyone. All right. Sure. But the cases are going down. Well, actually, if you look at this, shut up. Shut up. Things are getting better. Understand that things are getting better. Be happy that things are getting better. People have gotten addicted to the drama of this situation, and so they don't want it to go away because they don't know what they're like afterwards. 
They don't know what a post-COVID Susan is. Right? We get so used to the things we're in. Used to be, oh my God, when's this going to be over? And now it's like, oh, there's another strand is going to get us. I know a person who was so sad that they did not get the vaccine. They're like, ugh. Everyone who got the vaccine is a pirate and a criminal. They lied, they cheated, they stole, they stabbed, they ate, and they flame flowered. Flame flowered. They droopy dogged even, right? That's what this person said. And then I find out that person got the vaccine. And they said nothing. What? So what's the deal? Right? They complain publicly. They are victorious silently. And then because they're the loudest dummy in the room, people are hearing that. Birds aren't real. That guy's yelling. The person in the corner of the room is like, birds are real. He's whispering. Another person I talked to recently, they are uh, putting off something that could make them feel a million times better because they're afraid of what it'll take. I talk to people who've been in the wrong relationship for 20 years. They're like, well, you know, it's easier than leaving. Yeah, okay. So a month of extreme discomfort is worse than the rest of your life? I'm not trying to oversimplify this, and I'm not trying to make your situation minimal. I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through. But I am saying that you have a pebble in your shoe. (laughs) And you're walking around, and people are like, man, you got a pebble in your shoe. Does that hurt? You're like, it's the worst. I hate this pebble. Someone walks by, and he says, hey, I have a pebble in my shoe. And he's like, hey, do you have a pebble in your shoe? And you're like, I have a pebble in my shoe. Hey, we're pebble and shoe friends. Let's talk about how much it sucks to have a pebble in my shoe and your shoe. And then a third person goes over and goes, wait a second. Are those two guys talking about pebbles in their shoe? And they go, hey, did you say something about pebbles and shoes? Come over here. Three's company. Let's talk about how horrible it is. And one of the guys is like, you know what I hate? Like when I step down on that pebble and everyone's like, yeah, 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 preach on. That's what I'm all about. It hurts. And they're like, this guy knows me. He gets it. He gets it. This guy knows that when I step on this pebble, it hurts. Fifth guy, sixth guy, seventh guy, and an eighth gal comes along. And then you have this giant group of people who are really upset about pebbles in their shoes, but here's the problem. Why do they know each other? They know each other because the pebble. Then one guy comes along, let's say his name is Jet Dunlap. He's a jerk. I mean, you look up jerk in the dictionary for whatever reason. And there's a picture of me with both thumbs up pointing to myself with a big shirt that says jerk. Even though I have both thumbs pointing to myself, I also have a foam finger that says number one jerk. And I go over and I go, hey guys, what are you talking about? And they say, hey, you ever had a pebble in your shoe? And I say, dude, I have. And guess what? Not fun. And they're like, dude, all of us have pebbles in our shoe and they hurt. Then I say, you know what I did? And they go, what? Tell us. We like talking about it. I say, yeah, I, I didn't like the pebble anymore. So I, I bent down. They're like, you bent down? Didn't that hurt? I'm like, no, not that much. Didn't your shirt like fly over your head and you almost got hit by a car? No, I just, I bent down and I, and I, maybe when I sat down, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. 
but I untied my shoes and they're like, untied your shoes? Oh my God, you went through all of that? Untied your shoes? What kind of knot was it? And I'm like a double knot. And they're all just like looking at me like I'm crazy. What an idiot. Bent down, that's bad enough. Then he unties a double knot? Oof, I could never do that, they say. And I say, and then I took my foot out of the shoe and all of them are like done, they're gone. They're not listening to me anymore. It's just me and a squirrel. And the squirrel says, eh, I'm listening. I don't like what I hear, but I'm listening. The group's gone. And then I say, I just, I took the pebble out and now it doesn't hurt anymore. And now they have a group of 10,000 people. And that 10,000 gets online and it's 10 million. And they're all talking about what it's like to have a pebble in their shoe. They get t-shirts. Pebble in the shoe, well, screw you. That's what their shirts say. Pebble in the shoe, oh, fooey foo. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not saying their marketing director has great lines or great shirts, but I'm saying that's what they're saying. And then some guy comes along named Fonald Dlump. And he says, everyone who has a pebble in their shoe is the best. No one's better. Pebble in your shoe is the best. I do have a pebble in my shoe. Let's make feet without pebbles. This analogy is getting weaker, but you get my point. And they go, this guy knows what we're going through. And he's not like that jerk who said, take the pebble out. He's a jerk. <laughs> Good description, Jet. Great analogy. And then the group gets bigger. And I've said it before, if one of them thinks, well, you know, that guy in chat, he had something going there, I think. I see him walking around, pain-free, whistling a tune. Maybe I should do what he did. Maybe the Pebellian people, the Pebellians, that's what they call themselves now, the Pebellians. They're now a giant political group, the Pebellian party. They say, Jet doesn't look that happy, actually, because he's there by himself, the non-Pebellian. And we keep getting more people. He must be wrong. He must be wrong. Because if he was right, wouldn't everyone agree? This is my life. And this is the life of the people who choose to do this stuff and they don't have a position of power, right? People will hear about what I'm doing and how it's different and they'll say, well, he's not a millionaire. Yeah, he took the pebble out of his shoe, but he doesn't have 10 million people following him. And so my message dies on the vine, even though I'm living pebble-free. And sure, I seem sad sometimes, because living pebble-free doesn't get likes. There's no t-shirts. If I talk about it, no one wants to sit next to me, because they're so used to their pebble that hearing about a life without it is alien, foreign, and offensive. I couldn't start a news station about this because it doesn't spike anyone's adrenaline. It doesn't excite anyone. The rally cry for stop doing the thing that hurts is not good, right? Yelling about what you don't like, that's, that's a great cry. That'll get people to vote for you. It'll get people to buy your product. I want you to take the pebble out. And then I want you to tell someone you took the pebble out. And then you'll change the world. That's all. The alternative? Well, it's easier. 
Go on Facebook right now and talk about how horrible the world is and that there's another strain of virus coming. Do it. Talk about how the ex-president is the worst or the current president's the worst. You'll get followers. People will like you. The pebellions will tell you how great you are. But if you say, hey guys, let's stop. Let's all decide that the pain is no longer necessary because life is tough enough. We don't need to carry this with us. My optimistic view of this is that you have something that I don't. And therefore, if you do that and you've heard it from me, then I've done what I can do. The only way I can end is by saying, if that story meant something to you, go do good. Help the people. Because a fella who had only 12 followers and made lousy chairs, his stories helped a lot of people. And he had a great amount of influence. So all I'm asking you to do is have as much impact as Jesus. That's it. Simple enough. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this meant something to you. It did for me. Good night. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, like our episode, or rate our episode. I'm not exactly sure which one is the one you do, if it's a like or a rate or any of those things. I can't talk anymore. (laughs) I'm out of words. Thanks for listening again.